Good 11 a community using their collective power to get results tonight. Crowds packed the Twin Rivers Unified School District meeting to support a beloved teacher facing what they call an unfair termination. Um, I believe that the punitive sentence for him to dismiss him is unjust and a disservice to this community. Jordan McGowan is a history teacher and basketball coach at Rio Tierra Junior High School in Sacramento. He claims Twin Rivers Unified School District is unfairly terminating him for playing basketball with a black student instead of giving detention. Street basketball is a huge part of black culture, a huge part of how we come together. Um, and have teachable moments. The incident happened during basketball tryouts on December 1st. While playing one-on-one, -on -one, McGowan tells our race and culture reporter, Candace Red, he softly hit the student in the head with the ball as part of a street ball trick called off the heezy. Two days later, McGowan says he was placed on paid administrative leave. I was too black. I, I'm being fired for being too black. Outraged students and parents joined 500 others in signing a petition in support of McGowan. The teacher that they loved the most and that was actually able to get through to them is now trying to be taken away by the board who runs these schools. But ABC 10 was the only television station there as a board trustee emerged to make a big announcement. For all the young folks that came and spoke, I want to thank all of you for coming out. And just to let you know that the, um, he will not be expelled. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we been here. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we been here. Yeah, we in here, cause we been here, we're the best now. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we been here, we're the best now. And you know we in here, we in here, cause we been here, life. That's it. Good afternoon and happy Monday. My name is Miss Laureen and welcome to Black versus the Board of Education, where we just say what we thinking and we don't care how you feel. <laughs> we are discussing today teaching while black and we do have a special guest in the building, Mr. Jordan McGowan. But before we get him on screen, I got to kick it to my co-host to let them introduce themselves for some of y'all who are new. Uh, and you don't know who's in the building. So Jada, we are going to start with you. Hey y'all, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area and it's so good to be back. Yeah, come on, Melissa, say hey. Hi everyone, my name is Melissa. I'm 15 years old and a sophomore in Southern California. And our resident fella, go ahead, Sammy, say what's up. Hi, uh, my name is Samuel. I'm in fifth grade, I'm homeschooled, I'm from I'm I'm in Georgia. I'm from Georgia. But okay. I like basketball. <laughs> well, he likes basketball, so I expect you to have a lot of input in this story today. So we've been covering this story. I think we covered it some time ago when we first introduced it to you, um, talking about Mr. McGowan and the situation he found himself in with Twin Rivers Unified School District. And he is in the building, so I'm going to allow him to go ahead and introduce himself and we can get it popping. What's up, Mr. McGowan? Peace, peace, y'all. I am Jordan McGowan. Thank y'all for having me on here today. What's up, y'all? I'm so excited to uh, be with the people, right, and the students. I haven't been with students in a long time, so I'm excited um, to be with some students. So, yeah. Okay, so when you say you haven't been with students in a long time, kind of break that down for us. What is that? What are you talking about? Well... I have been on administrative leave, so I've been out of my classroom um, from, what's up, Lena? I have been out since December 3rd. Um, I have had a few, you know, interactions with folks. Um, obviously, like one, I live in the community that I teach in, so I run into my babies at the store sometimes. Um, you know, our organization, neighbor program, we do like community learning, so some kid, you know, it's like some of my students or former students will come out and and we're able to teach and we've had some youth events. So I've been with students here or there. I got a chance to um, you know, do some guest lecturing at, a, at different schools and things like that. Um, you know, like showing my documentary, things like that. But I haven't been able to, you know, just be with some some students, especially some some black students. And, you know, I ran BSU, so I, I get to be with some students today. So, you know, what I'm saying right. I get to be with my people. I'm excited. <laughs> 
Well, we're excited to have you. I know I reached out to you via Facebook after I saw your story and I wanted to have an opportunity for you to come on here and kind of uh, get, take some questions from the students and also me because I'm really interested in how we, we got to here. Um, how did we get here to yeah. where you're on paid or you're on administrative leave um, and I'm reading because of some sort of basketball. So can you give us some context as to how we got here? Yeah, so I released an official statement um, and it kind of goes over this, right? So like, if you feel like, man, I ran through it too fast, if you, maybe you feel like I didn't explain it well enough, um, hopefully that is a little bit more in depth, right? Mm -hmm. um, and but, are you talking about the, the one on Medium? Yes. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah. Shout out to DJ and these young leaders. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and so... Essentially, I feel like this was a targeted attack, um, but of like the present issue that like Twin Rivers brought up, uh, what happened was there was a student who had ditched my class, a black student who had ditched my class. He had got caught. He got sent, not by me, right? Got sent to detention. He was in detention after school uh, and wanted to leave detention to come to basketball tryouts. He had ditched my class, mind you, as well, right? I am the basketball coach and the teacher, right? So there's a lot of dynamics here. And, and again, for me, as a as a black man, right, as an African, right, identifying as an African, right, and, and identifying this young you know young brother as a Af young African, right, a young black man, a young black you know a boy. Hey, there are certain things that I need to help show you in the world. That is my job as an educator, mm -hmm. right? That is like our lineage, right? Like this black teaching tradition. Um, I have, I can't just, I can't just teach you. I have to look out. Like I have to like think about how the rest of these teachers see you. I have to think how they're trying to suspend you and expel you. I have to think about all of those things, right? You know, you I, know. It's fine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, you know, that's the conversation I've been having with this student and had with that student even earlier that day. I said, man, you're going to get yourself in more trouble ditching than if just coming to my class, even right. if you don't do nothing. So after school, I get a call from our campus safety officer. We call him PSOs, right? And he says, and again, this is my friend, another black, another, you know, grown black man. He says, hey, you know, homeboy wants to leave detention. And I'm like, what is he in detention for? And he says, for ditching your class. And I start, I start laughing. I do, because that's hilarious that you ditched my class and now you want to come to my tryout. Right. So, so your friend calls you on the phone and he asks you about this student leaving detention to come and participate in tryouts. That's what you're saying to me. Right. So he couldn't have made the phone call privately. He did it in front of the student. Is that I, I, what I'm I, reading? That wasn't, I don't know. I don't know those details because I had no idea the student could hear. Like I had, right? Like, I don't know if I was on speaker. I don't know if we was just super close. Mm -hmm. Again, it's after school. I'm in my classroom, doors closed. My homeboy calls me. I think I'm calling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And I said, and again, right, maybe this wasn't the best language that I could have used or people. And I understand people don't like, you know, the N word. For me, this. The you way were I talking speak, to another grown person. I was speaking yeah. to another grown person. And that's the a black man. And this is how we communicate to each other. Mm -hmm. And right. And I said, yeah. right. I said, to him, how's this little thing? He's coming to. My trial when he didn't come to class, as I'm laughing, right? Because again, as black men on this campus, we have this conversation about how do we help these boys. He's the football coach. I'm the basketball coach. His team, his team couldn't finish the season because we didn't have enough kids with grades. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? Like, there's something that we gotta be working on together. Right, right. And so the student overhears the conversation that you're having. And he decided to respond to you directly. And so F you, you know, you name, 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 the names, all the names. Okay. Mm -hmm. I get it. 
you yeah. mad. Okay. So I'm like, are you sure that's what you said? And he doubles down. Okay, I get it. Like, you had to be tough in the moment. Cool. So then it's like, okay, you're clearly mad that you can't come to basketball. So here's the remedy. Because, again, this isn't how our basketball culture is. I've been the coach, right? We've had a certain way. You know, it's kind of Coach Carter-ish. You know, again, like... If you don't have grades, you have to pick up a desk from my class and carry it to the gym down the hall. It's not super far, but it's it's down the hall. And and then you do your work while everyone else practices. And some kids who really, it doesn't matter if they're really good or really bad. If they love basketball, they do it. Right. And if they don't, if they just want to kind of play, then they leave and they stop coming because they don't want to carry a desk. And that's fine too. Right. And that was kind of where we needed to get to with me and this young brother, right? It was like, hey, man, you can't ditch class. Like, this is the way you go about things. This is the rules here. Again, like, because we already had a rules. We had a team meeting and went over that, right? And it was just going to be like, hey, man, here are the ways that this works. It's not ditching class. You can't be in detention. And that's not because of me. It was because we had student athletes who were getting yanked off the court, like as we're getting ready to play games, my first year as a coach. And it was like, okay, we need to know who's got detention, who's this, right? Like we need to know so it doesn't hurt our team. Right. And so, and so, we, we and so came there are parameters and there are, there are guidelines and parameters that are set up by you and, and the other, the other coaching staff about so, who. So it was really, it was me, the, our other coach, and our players the first mm -hmm. year. And we asked them like, hey, like, what do we want? And it became almost like it became a 3.0. And our students had above a 3.0. Our student athletes had above a 3.0. And our last season, the, the season that finished right as COVID hit, the team went undefeated and had like a 3.3 GPA wow. as a team. That's amazing. And so that's the culture right like and so that's what he had to understand was like look man it's not going to be that you can be ditching class and you can be talking crazy to folks and you can you can be here you 100% can be here but you can be here on that right right and so what 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 did you propose you all do what did you propose you do i said we would play one on one Okay. I said, if you want to try out, I said, since you're so mad that you can't be at tryouts, if you want to try out, come to the gym, play me one-on-one. -on -one. If you win, you a starter. You don't even got to come to practice, man. Oh. Right? Like, you just, you like Kobe. <laughs> right? You are, you're, you're, you bean. Or, if you lose, you got to leave the gym. And, and again, Maybe I shouldn't have said leave the gym, right? Maybe I should have said we have to revisit that conversation. But again, I kind of, kind of, we gotta, we gotta kind of come to that even place of respect, right? We know what you meant, and you don't have to, you don't have to explain it to us. I think we get it. And Sam had his hand up, so that lets me know he has a question for you, Samuel. And I see Melissa in the chat too, and Jada as well. Oh, I wasn't even looking at the chat. Okay, come on, Sam. I saw his hand. Okay, so my question was, what was your thought process during this situation and as it was going on, as the back and forth was happening, what was kind of your thought process? Truthfully, Sam, um, I usually do not have any student speak to me that way. Um, mm -hmm. I, not to say that students don't cuss, 100%. In my classroom, and I don't want to say that it's okay, but it's very like we have that conversation. I just truthfully, right? Like I don't, I, I don't, and I'm going to say this. I don't believe in suspensions. I don't kick kids out of class at all, ever. It don't matter what you do. We, we I, it, you might've said something super out of pocket, but you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm going to call you out and we just going to have a tough conversation in front of the whole class because you harm the classroom space, just truthfully. But we also set up classroom rules going into the year. Mm -hmm. And and we use, you know, you mojo practices, right? Bring it to bring it to the porch, right? Like we're gonna have this conversation. 
Um, and so students, even when students get mad, uh, I've never really have students be disrespectful to me like that. So that's why I was kind of like, what did you say? Like, are you sure you said that? You know, like I, I really wanted to give him an out on some like, you know, just like, hey man, can I come to basketball? Like, like that would have been cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but he um, kept, but he kept it going, and so you but had he to doubled down. And so then I was like, okay. And again, to me, it's like he could stay in detention, but what has he learned? Yeah. Like there has to be a moment. And again, I'm, and truthfully, Sam, like I'm trying to win some respect from this kid. He like, you know what I mean? I, I want him, he don't got to like me, but I just want him to know like, nah, man, there's certain things you do and don't do, you know? And like, again, in the neighborhood that we, that our school makes up, if he was to talk to someone else like this in our neighborhood, that could end up in like really bad consequences for him, like physically, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's not what I want. I would hate for that to happen. Like it would, I'm as an educator, I think this is my eighth or ninth year and I've, and I've buried more kids than I have years. Right. Mm. I, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Every time I say that I get really emotional and I say this to my students every year because I can't lose it. I don't think I personally, mentally, physically, spiritually can lose another student. Understood. Understood. Melissa. Yeah. Um, so I really feel for you and I was going to say it's clear that you care about your students and it's clear that you're looking out for them, like you said, and you're trying to do the right thing. So initially being put on administrative leave and not being able to be around the students that you really care about, how did that, like not even being technical, just like, how did that make you feel? So I can, I'm sure you can like kind of see, I'm still a little emotional. Um, these are my like, these are my kids. Like I said, I live in the neighborhood. Um, I go to the store and see them. I um, I go to their birthday parties. I, You know what I mean? Like those things. I have been the basketball coach. And so I had kids playing on Grant's championship team that I couldn't go see. I had kids that normally would be in the gym, right? At Rio Tierra with me before school. I'm talking about like, five, six in the morning and we would be getting extra work in and then they would be going playing games. And so like to not be able to have those moments while they were on this championship run, it, it's like the district took something away from us that we couldn't like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And from my family, um, my, my youngest son is a basketball players. And that's how I got roped into coaching basketball at Rio. Oh my gosh, bro. Why does this keep happening? You're anytime fine. I talk about, anytime I talk about this situation, I get so emotional because I do love, I have loved Rio. Like, and my family has loved Rio and we have invested so much into it. Um, so like I said, my nine-year-old son, he's a basketball player and he's he's pretty damn good. I can't lie. I tell I talk a lot of mess to him and I don't let him know that. Right. I, I hate on him. I do. I hate on him tough. Um, because everyone else tells him that he's good. So I got somebody gotta like humble him. But um so he's grown up with these basketball players. And for him not to be like like, you know, he's like, can we go to the game? And he and he's like hurt. And he's like FaceTiming these guys that are like his big brothers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so like, huh, just that emotionally. You know what I mean? Like, I've had to miss some of his AAU games because he's played at Twin Rivers schools and I can't go. Like, I can't go to my own son's basketball games. Um, I'm not supposed to, like, as of right now, I still, right, if I even, yeah. Yeah, like I've been worried about like, would I be able to go to graduation? Um, so those things, right? Like they weigh really heavy. Um, it's really hard to, 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 to be pushed away from those kids. Uh, 
a lot of the kids have reached out via social media and said like we need you back have said you know that they had, they were experiencing like harm from subs who were calling them racial slurs and all types of things and it's like again like the police were, was being called onto the campus for students they just had a, a dog raid like like it's mind-blowing right and i'm just so yeah emotionally i'm a disaster and um it's really hard like just to be a hundred percent transparent and honest yeah um i would like to say that you're a type of teacher who really seems really big on community and i think that's just personally i don't want to like make it a race thing if you will but i feel like it's just the blackness it's the culture it's the community like when African. it's like it's like when you're an actual teacher you're an actual educator like I have been to Monterey shows where the teachers, they don't really care about their students. And you can really see in the way that you present, you know, your emotions, the way that you talk about your students, that you actually care about your students. And that's something that a lot of the school districts need in their schools, because it is crazy to see how many teachers disrespect black kids in general. And where your discipline comes from is a place of love and not a place of sternness or attackingness. And so I find it really hard to like, why would they want to kick somebody like that off of their campus? And it's just, it's kind of mind blowing. And I personally understand where you're coming from when you want to give this kid a sort of discipline. Like it's not harsh discipline. You you gave him a choice. You're like, let's do a one-on-one. -on -one. I don't see like what the big deal is about that. Maybe he got his feelings hurt in some way, but again, so, it's just like, So to the point, right? And, and so within the game, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old to, to y'all, right? So back in my day, right, when I was y'all age, what was tight with basketball, especially for black folks, right, for was street basketball, right? Like was and one. So I remember and one. I have a jersey to prove it. Eh, no, I, <laughs> listen, I was at the and one game in Oakland when Federation performed hyphy and everyone stormed the floor. It was crazy, right? Like that's the that's how I grew up. That's mm -hmm. basketball culture, right? And again, you're talking about the culture in us, right? So again, I, I identify as an African, right, through a pan-African lens. And so, um, right, a, a, and that's rooted in Black radical politics. And so understanding who we are as a people mm -hmm. and who we come from, right, we have always used games to settle issues amongst ourselves, right, in a, in a non- you know, in no type of bad way, right? Like this is a way we can solve this issue without it being an issue. Mm -hmm. This is how we handle things culturally as right. Africans, right? As And you can trace this all the way back to Africa. You can trace this on the, like here, right? Inside of the United States, like through history, you could trace that. And so, boom, I play him again. You talking crazy. That means you better be nice on the court, dog. That's just what it is. So I'm going to give you all these moves. So I threw it through his legs. I threw it off his off the backboard. I bounced it off his head, right, off the heezy. And so that moved into, like, and again, it wasn't this at first, but it moved into that I was abusing him and that I was, right, like, intentionally harming him, inflicting injury, trying to like critically injure him, embarrass him. Like those were the things that were being thrown at me. But again, that was only after the first attempt to dismiss me, like failed in their interview process when they, because at first they were trying to fire me for a racial slur for saying the N word on the phone. So that was the initial move to dismiss me was that I said a racial slur. And so when we were in the investigatory meeting, right, I, I, I said, I'm an African and I speak Ebonics. And, in, and, and again, that's knowing history, right? Because in 1990, the Oakland, you know, the Oakland community, mm -hmm. they, they fought and they had Oakland Unified recognize that Ebonics Right, the way that Africans speak this dialect of English, right? Because again, even the way that Americans, right, white Americans, whatever they want to call proper English, is a dialect of English 
right, the English language from England. So we, right, as a people have our own dialect called Ebonics that they've tried to call African-American vernacular English, but we know it's Ebonics. Mm -hmm. And that is a legitimate language. And so when I said that, then it turned and pivoted because again, at first, and that's why to me, this is a targeted attack, right? Um, and and to, to then answer your question, Jada, like why did they want to do that? Right, because you were saying it's mind blowing. Why would they want to do that? It's not, again, if we study history, right? And we understand what has happened to any educator, African educator, any black radical educator, right? Those that are teaching that, um, even those that are teaching that through music, right? Like musicians, a Tupac, a Bob Marley, you know what I'm saying? A, a, a Nina Simone, a Billie Holiday. Those people are targeted. And you know what I'm saying? Because again, Africans have always learned through music, right? Like you said, culturally, culturally, the way that Africans learn is different than how Europeans learn. And so, right, the way that we learn is through music, all those types of things. And, and all of our educators are targeted in this way. Right. And I just find it funny how, like, regarding back to what Miss Lena Doyle said in the in the comments, how how many times have people who weren't black has said a slur and it's always, oh, it's under investigation or well, what was the motive for it? But for you, it's just like was it with the hard ER or was it with the A? They asked that. They asked me that. This white woman asked me, she said, Did you say nigger or did you say nigga? And that's what I said. <laughs> I'm an African and I only say that word one way because I speak Ebonics. <laughs> Samuel, I see you trying to jump in here multiple times. <laughs> Come on, Sam, what you what, what you want okay. But um what you what you just said is why why a white woman saying, did you say did you say hard E R or hard or A? Like what that she said it. Yeah, the actual like words, not even like a or E-R. She said the actual words. But what I was going to say is um, what what like got you into basketball and um, what's your favorite team in the NBA? Because Oh, here we go, Sam. Okay. Come on. Okay. Don't walk into that trap. Don't do it. Come on. Talk to him, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, my name is Jordan. So, I was born kind of like had to be some kind of connection to hoop, right? Um, 90, cause my mama, right? Which is crazy that my mama named me after Michael Jordan. Everybody assumes it's my daddy. Um, but it was actually my mom, which is what blew everyone away. Um, my mom, my mom, you know, wasn't a basketball fan, but Jordan did some spectacular stuff. He came back and had 63 in a game and they came back from being down. Um, and that like prompted my mom to like, you know, say, hey, Jordan, like, because she just seen him do something crazy. Again, I think what happened was, is like, if you don't know basketball and then you see something crazy, then you're like, man, that dude is special. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he's he's something. You know what I'm saying? So she <laughs> so she named me Jordan. Um, and so that was a, you know, automatic connection. And then for me, um, I'm I'm from the Bay Area, San Francisco and Santa Rosa, but I'm a Lakers fan because my name was Jordan. So I was. I, but listen, he like had to walk away from me. I I don't hate. Listen, I like the Warriors. Come back, But again, I was super big on Michael Jordan. But my first year, I'm like three, four years old, um, and and it was um, I was playing basketball, and I'm like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, and my dad showed me the Dream Team and the Lakers and Magic Johnson. And man, it was it was a wrap. Like Magic Johnson was the coolest cat to me. Like Michael Jordan was the best, right? But like Magic was just cool. He was a cool cat. And like that to me, that was like, oh yeah. And then right after, right? I mean, Kobe comes in what in 90 in 98, right? Not yeah. And and so 90. I have Kobe chat in my and Kobe to me was like Kobe was the coolest cat. I, I think I think Sam has a correction. Sam Sam put his hand up, so he he has something. Ninety six. Oh yes, thank you, thank you. I'm so wrong. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Ninety six. Okay, exactly. Yes, you're right because it was ninety four. Ninety four was a dream team, right? 
92. God dang, I'm off. I'm off today. You're right. Okay. I was okay. I was four when I really got into the dream team. Let me say that. That's what it was. Okay. Whatever. He showed me magic, and then that was it. Man, Sam got all the receipts for me today. Dang, Sam. Now I look like I don't know nothing. Okay. So listen, we got some questions. Two years off on everything, right? I look, I don't, hey, traumatic. It's all the trauma. I done lost two years of my life. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even, I done lost two years of my life messing with Twin Rivers. I done lost it. Two years already. So, so we have some questions in the comments, and so I want to make sure I get these in. Um, Dallas Madison asks, how should we move forward in an attempt to alleviate the disconnect between the way we teach as Black educators and the way that the school system perceives it? <laughs> Sam? <laughs> right, look, everybody like, I got Sam on the team. <laughs> um, Man, right, Sam, look. Man, Sam, you should have just came help Buddy out. We wouldn't even have had no problems if he'd have had you as a representative. He'd have had me on it like, shucks. I'd have been like, listen, all right, just come to, I don't, you on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Sam done got me. Just so make, you, and make it stop. Okay. Um, so this is the question that man? I just read. Yeah, that's the question I just Personally, read. Personally? Uh-huh. Hold on. I gotta grab something for y'all. Okay. So that I can show you why I'm saying this. Okay, so this is right, the last year, right, of mm -hmm. Malcolm. So this is Malcolm as El Haj Malik Shabazz, right? Right. And so in this, right, we have this the statement for basic aims, right? For the and objectives of the organization of African American unity. And that's the that's the organization, right? That that he was uh, building out when he was assassinated, right? When mm -hmm. he was martyred. Um, and then it also has the basic unity program, right? Um, and you could, you could look these up online, you know what I'm saying? But what, what he talks about in here is that he, he addresses this issue of education, right? And, and, and what I think is so profound is that even today, right, you know, this is in 1964, and we are here in 2022, and we're in the same spot, right? So right here, he says, after enslaving us, the slave masters developed a racist educational system, mm -hmm. which justified to its posterity the evil deeds that had been committed against the African people and their descendants. Too often, the slave himself participates so completely in this system that he justifies having been enslaved and oppressed. Hmm. The organization of Afro-American unity will devise original education methods and procedures which will liberate the minds of our children from the vicious lies and distortions that are fed to us from the cradle to keep us mentally enslaved. We encourage Afro-Americans themselves to establish experimental institutes and educational workshops, liberation schools and childcare centers in the African or the Afro-American community. So that's what that's what Malcolm says himself, right? Mm -hmm. And so that to me is what I think where we need to be going. Right. Right. Hearing that, you know, some of these babies on this podcast are homeschooled, I think that's beautiful. Tell her about it. Tell her again. Tell them again. That one, especially that one looking over there, the Jada. Tell her, tell her again. Because <laughs> like you said, you went to Monterey Trails. So this isn't unique to a school in Twin Rivers. This isn't unique to a school in wherever. El Grove Unified. Mm -hmm. Right? This is happening everywhere. Look at what's happening in Oakland. Look at what's happening in San Francisco. Right? Look at what's happening in LA. Look at what's happening in Chicago. Look at what's happening. You can go across the board. There is an attack. Yeah. There's an attack on 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 all black and brown folks. But, but again, this attack is strategic, right? Last October, the United States was charged, right, on an international from an international tribunal charged and convicted of genocide. 
genocide, like the same one you read about in Anne Frank, right? So when we understand that, we understand that these systems are set up to brainwash our kids, which is called menticide, right? Mm. To colonize our minds, right? Like you said, like we begin to believe those lies. We begin to have our babies think they're supposed to look up to Thomas Jefferson, to George Washington. Oh, they know better over here. Like those folks enslaved our people. They telling us that Abraham Lincoln freed the slave. He didn't free no slaves. They know. (laughs) So what are these systems? These systems are telling us this over and over and over. So we have to be like, "Mm." and so I think the disconnect is like us just being like, "Mm, this is for Europeans and we need ours. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I think that's really what it is. Come on, Jada. Talk about issues like these. We really need to be specific. So personally, I used to say black and brown, but my mom had kind of educated me in a way to know that when you mix the two, we get lost. Black people specifically get lost in that category. And they solve a brown issue and then be like, but we solved the black and brown issue. No, you solved their issue. So when we talk about things like this, we need to be more specific about it because black and brown people go through completely different things. Historically, generationally, we go through completely different things. But I just wanted to say that because we're talking about a black issue right now and you guys said black and brown. And it's not a black and brown issue. Yet. And that's and that's why for the most part, right, if you notice, I really try to, like for me, I try to be intentional on my language on saying African. Right. Because if we understand that, then we understand how it's not just like that. It's this it's this continued thing. Right. Um, That it's been for. Again, this is the longest running genocide. Yeah. Right. The longest running one. And it's just like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, like y'all had Obama. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. Like that. They had Obama. But okay. Keep it going. Thank you. Right. Okay. They did. Um, but you but, know, and so and so and, I think when we look at that, right, this mm-hmm. attack, and that's why I said to me this was this was strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, so leading up, so that year that we finished the pandemic, so the year coming in the pandemic 19 and 20, mm-hmm. uh, I was asked by I was hired by a black principal. Right. And he asked me that year to create an elective course. My first class, right? Black history. It was like, no. I was like, hip hop history. No. Journalism. Yeah. So we get journalism going. Well, again, our school is made up of even higher populations of black and brown kids than the whole rest of Twin Rivers. Right. Um, Our school is majority brown and then black. Um, again, I think the average Twin River school is like 13% black and our school is like 18 or 20% black, right? So again, that's that's where we're at, right? So we, uh, again, I have BSU, I have all these things. So we have journalism and the kids start talking about Black Lives Matter. They start talking about police brutality and mm-hmm. they get featured on um, CBS 10 with Sabrina Silva. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, normally, if a school district has a program or a class get on the news, that's a big deal. They rolling out red carpets. They highlighting that. You feel me? Nothing. Crickets. Mm-hmm. Right. My babies get nothing. Okay. I'm like, yo, Sabrina got us a tour of the news station. Can we take the kids? Oh no, we can't figure out the transportation. What do you mean we can't? I drive them myself. What do you mean? Like, how can't we do this? Again, y'all know if that was Future Farmers of America, it might be a different situation, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like, again, there's a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, kids talking about something that they don't want people talking about. Yeah. So we then, the pandemic hits. The pandemic hit, so it's, you know, it's like everything kind of up in the air. Um, Mm -hmm. But right before the pandemic hit, they told me there's no money in the budget for this class next year. All right. Again, I'm like, what? I'm like, but 
but again, so I'm teaching this in lieu of having a prep. So I'm like, okay, so maybe it's just my, my budget, like maybe like my budget, but it's also like, y'all going to pay me next year to sub on my prep period anyways. So you might as well just give me these kids, whatever. Pandemic hit, I'm not tripping. When the pandemic hits, they tell us we're going to get a new principal, um, right? Like in the, like kind of as the school year winds down. But again, if you remember that as the school year winds down, we have George Floyd happening, right? So first off, I was already, I've always kind of been politically active. I've taken breaks and hiatuses because it's been dangerous for me and my family, just truthfully, right? Um, and like felt like I could be more impactful in other places, um, specifically as a football coach. Um, and, have, and have done that at a, at a high level. Um, the pandemic kind of put that on a hold. And I started speaking out again on behalf of students, specifically black students, because I was seeing a lot of anti-black policies coming out on this Zoom, on this Zoom stuff. Mm -hmm. Cameras got to be on, no hoods, can't be laying in the bed. Can't. And I was like, bro, like, there's no way. Like, hold, on I got hold on real quick. Let me, I'm going to let you finish, but Sam keeps trying to jump in here and I don't know what he's trying to say. And he about to jump out of his seat. So Samuel. Okay. So I, I'm just going to wrap it all together. First off, the the founding fathers the the old the old men the people on mount rushmore and stuff i want to talk about them first first okay, off, talk they, they glorify them like they're like they're almighty no they enslaved millions of people i don't know what you're talking about second off i'm tired of these like like one teacher one teacher he she's like George Washington was your goat. I'm like, what are you talking about? Pulling out other, your slaves teeth? You shouldn't be, even be owning slaves. But Eddie, you're pulling out their teeth to put them in your mouth? How was he the goat? And actually, they used to cover that up. They used to cover up the fact that he used slaves teeth and was like, oh, you metal and wood and huh that doesn't even make sense like that didn't even right, like this sense. man had he had wood in his mouth i'm like come again he had what again <laughs> and then second off i want to talk about you gotta have your cameras on you can't do because because that's why i mainly ho start homeschooling last semester last year second last semester year. and mm -hmm. then this whole this whole uh school year because they're this uh, my teacher same teacher by the way same teacher was like you gotta have turn turn your camera on i want to see you i want to see you can can i see your face I, 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 hey can, can i just have some privacy i right leave me alone and then the discipline the discipline used to be so dumb it's like oh if you don't turn this on if you don't do that i'm gonna have to like kick you out of class or like suspend you. I'm like, stuck out my home, what you gonna do? Right, like I heard, I heard some people, I heard some people like, if you didn't have your camera on, they didn't count you for attendance. Exactly. Right. And I know like in a lot of places, like even at my house, the internet sometimes just decides it doesn't want to like me on some days. And so my school set everyone like hotspots. They're like, if you need a hotspot, we're sending you all a hotspot. So you can turn your camera on if you would like. It still wasn't mandatory because you're at home. I don't want to see your bedroom. As long as you're turning in the assignments all the time, who cares? Well, I'm like, I had babies who were working. Like, I had babies who were working. I had babies who had to take care of their little brothers and sisters. Like, we not going to be doing this out here. And so I started talking about it. Like, all of these policies are racist, right? I'm like, y'all are out here wild. And then George Floyd happened. So then I'm like, oh, y'all really about to catch these lyrical hands like and i'm starting like i'm just and i'm sending but the thing was like it wasn't even me sending emails i was like hey read this article yeah. watch this clip so then it was like oh jordan's bombarding us with stuff what they should probably learn something come on so then we get this new white principle i really hope that i don't I keep saying white and I don't call him anything else. I'm going to just say that. 
because I might, you know, er starts with a C, but usually with three K's if I spell it. <laughs> but <laughs> but <I'll leave> there. <laughs> right. So we get him, right? And and he comes to me like, oh, I hear you're this influential person on campus. I want to help you. Like, we I want to help this transition. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, great. Understand exactly where we're at right now. Like in this moment in history. It's very specific, right? Sir, like white man who is coming outside of our community into our community over the vice principal who's been there for five years, who Right, this Indian woman who's been the vice principal killing it. Kids love her, families love her. Why isn't she our principal? So you just plucked, hand plucked out, hand plucked from the district and put into our school made up of extra black and brown babies? And you was just hand plucked? Okay, okay. Mm, mm, mm. Talking about, oh, I'm best friends with the, oh, okay. So, it sounds about so boom. Right. So I'm again, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be hopeful. So I'm like, hey, I've been running this class for teachers. It's called Decolonize the Classroom. I would love to present this to our, our staff. You know what I'm saying? Like where we're at right now, it's really needed. You saying you want to make change on our campus. This is a way. You told me that you know that I'm an impact maker. I'm an influential person on campus. What do we need? We need this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nothing. So he's like, all right, well, let me see it. I present it to him. And I presented it wholeheartedly. In full transparency, you know what I'm saying? And in full transparency, I called out the, the fact that the Twin Rivers police department that the twin rivers unified school district has their own police department let me say that their own police department with a 3.5 million dollar budget while everybody else defunding while everybody else getting cops off campus even in sacramento even in nissanon land right again i don't call it sacramento for the most part i call it nissanon land or the city uh the city that we in because <laughs> i'm from san francisco the city but nissanon land like everybody right and they got they doubled down and, and added more money 3.5 million. Mm. So I'm like, so I called that out. And I was like, no, Thomas is, is, is getting away from it. Right. I did all these things and I presented it to him and he gave me all the feedback that it was too scary that it was too long. It was too much to chew on. You know, the name needed to be changed. It was, uh, so then we changed it to creating an anti-racist education and he pushed it out again. I gave this to over 50 educators in the summer, right? Of 2020. He pushed this out and made me add folks onto the team to present it. And most of them folks was white Europeans. Right. And, um, you know, they were, they were identity folks, right? They were identity folks. And so that's why they joined in and they wanted to all those things. Yeah. Yeah, and I see Jada keeps trying to have her hand up, so let me go to Jada, and then Sam has his hand up, so come on, Jada. Why people hate being uncomfortable, and that makes me sick. We get to be uncomfortable years, generations, but the minute we talk about an issue that involves us, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know if we should talk about that. You know, you don't want to make the white kids feel bad. Who cares about them? We're not here to pick on nobody. We're just educating you. Is educating somebody too much to ask? You don't want to be educated? You want to stay ignorant? Hey, whatever. <laughs> okay. In a school. That says, says a lot. Samuel? So, back to back to the teacher. The, the teacher that I was talking about before. She, it, it was just a trifecta. The only teacher that I ever had a problem with. So... I, I write this paper. I guess it's, I, I I forgot it was it was an essay. It was an inner piece. Whatever it was, I I was just I, I just created a paper. It was about black struggles in the history of America. It talked about slavery. Talked about um segregation, Jim Crow, um and then like in the nineteen nineties, the war on drugs, stuff like that. So so 
I I turn I turn into this paper. She was like, I I I want some corrections on this. There there's some there's some issues. I'm like, um, okay. She she basically alters the entire paper and my entire wording on the paper. And I'm like, what is this? This is not my paper. This is your wording. She's like, well, this this was just a few suggestions that I should just for my opinion. I'm so done with this voice. <laughs> so, so needless to say, you don't be a comedian when you grow up. You gotta, you gotta at least do one stand up, or we gotta get you on somebody's album doing a skit, old like old school style. Like, you too funny, man. You, ah, man, Sam. Samuel, Samuel. So, uh, Mr. Jordan, we have another question in the chat, and I'm trying to go through and make sure we're not missing anything. Uh, Ms. Tawana asks, what is the reasoning for you not being back on campus, and what is the plan to get you back with your students? So, there's a lot to that, I would say. Okay. Um, so, obviously, we won at the board, right? And you would think then that would like put me back in the classroom, right? Or like they would reach out about that or some type of way, right? Um, but that didn't happen at all. Mm -hmm. And so my attorney, um, you know, I was given an attorney from the union. And by the way, the union has no black representation. Do y'all hear me? Yeah. Black teachers, if you feel like you're being discriminated against and you go, you know, in the, the union, because they, they do provide an attorney, which is great. Like, right? That is, that's amazing. But how you don't have no black attorneys? Because nobody has ever told them, do they got any brown ones? Maybe because we say black and brown and they think anyone will do. I don't know. I don't know what they have. They didn't give me no brown attorney neither. What? But do they have them? <laughs> but I specifically mean? said, I said, I need a black attorney. And if I can't get a black attorney, I need a brown attorney. That's what I, those were my words. Mm -hmm. and they gave like, you what? I need a black, like number one checklist. Like, are they black? Like, and if not, <laughs> next best thing. Like, here we go. Like, and I said it, I said, it's not, I said, it's because I'm, I'm going to specifically talk about anti-blackness and I need someone who can relate. Yeah. I told them. And there was nobody. So my attorney, again, um, it was against my attorney's wishes that I went public. So I sat, again, from December 3rd. I didn't hear anything from anybody. I was put on leave December 3rd. I didn't hear anything until middle of February. I was then told I was going to be dismissed because I said a racial slur. Then they brought me into the into the you know meeting. From there, right, it was, you're, you said a racial slur. I said, I'm an African, I speak Ebonics. Then it said, oh, no, 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 no. You, you know, you abused this kid. So then I sat on that and my attorney sat on it. And, you know, they had their conversations about the district tried to, you know, oh, you should settle. And it was like, why would we settle? Like, you're going to say that I abuse, or possibly abuse someone. Um, and I was like, no, um, I did my homework. You did, And you didn't do what you were supposed to do if I abused someone. You didn't file no paperwork. You didn't call the, the pigs. You didn't do all the things you're supposed to do. So, boom. So when we go to the board, we say all those things. Hey, you would have violated this, this, and this. You violated my Browns Rights Act, right? So again, we were on them like, when are you going to the board? When are you going to the board? When are you going to the board? And finally, they said, oh, you know, Sunday night. Oh, we're going to the board Tuesday. Oh. Now we, it was like, they, like they said, oh, we might be going to the board. Like, I think it was like Wednesday, that Wednesday or Thursday before. Right. So I had like a five day period. Um, and so I was like, okay, but we finally found out Sunday night late. Yes, we are going to go to the board on Tuesday. So then I was like, cool. I dropped my statement, my public statement. Like I said, that's on medium Monday morning. We dropped that with a petition and we had a, um, we had a like phone number listed and we had uh, an email template so people could just email like mass email the district, the, the, the school board members. Um, 
in that within 48 hours, right? Because the school board meeting was at six o'clock um, Tuesday and we didn't go public till like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Monday morning. In that time frame, we had, um, I think it was sent over at like five or 5.30. We had 480 or yeah, we had like 400, almost 500 signatures. I think it was like 487 signatures. Um, once we had to like, there was a bunch of people who had like initial, you know, like different things we had to like take off. But like mm -hmm. we finally had all, you know, when we cleaned it up and had names and stuff, it was like 487 with like 90 comments or something. Um, you know, like about 40 people showed up to the meeting. And then that was crazy even, right? So on the card, it says that comment cards are taken until 630. Mm -hmm. And you can watch it on YouTube. And the people there were told that they couldn't turn in their comment card anymore at like 607, 610, because the, the meeting had already started. But if you watch the next meeting, they take comment cards till 630. Mm. Yeah, they change the rules to fit their own narratives. They do. Elk Grove does it so, too. So they so they limited who could talk, right? Um, but again, a bunch of people, you know, uh, everyone that did spoke, positive, you know, said, hey, you shouldn't fire Jordan. Um, and then they deliberated for over an hour. Um, and then you kind of saw the clip, right? Bassam came out. He said, hey, um, you know, he's not going to be dismissed. And, you know, um, and then again, it was radio silent. It was radio silent. Um, eventually, my attorney reached out and was like, yo, what's up? Like, is there any kind of plan? Um, mm. You know, and so from there, like, now, I, you know, I'm like, hey, I... Now they're like, oh, you're going back to work right away. And I'm like, whoa. Again, they just had a canine raid. I'm like, I don't know if this is the safest place for me to be with yeah. this same principal who's continually doing anti-Black racist things. Like, like that. none of that has changed. What was the issue hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Like the root cause of why I was put on leave is not a basketball game. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if it was a basketball game, then you clearly don't understand black folks. So then again, that is anti-black in itself. Well, I mean, bottom line is they need to stay out of black people business. How about that? And I'm surprised that, you know, I didn't hear from you because, you know, I'd be up at these school boards all the time. I just stay over here and don't grow because they're number one in the state for disproportionate discipline of black students. And but so, to know that you were going through something like this, I, I, I'm encouraged to hear that so many folks from your community came and stood with you. But after all the cameras went away and all the people went away, I'm more concerned with how are you doing emotionally now? What does your support system look like now? And I know we're running out of time, but we're going to go over a little bit if that's okay with everybody. Um, but I'm just, I'm worried about what it's like for you now, because to have something ripped away from you and they say, oh, no harm, no foul, go ahead and go back. That's trauma traumatic in itself. And I did see Dr. V in the comments um, from uh, that resigned recently from West Campus after those racial attacks on her. And so I'm just really concerned, like, how are you doing present day? What is your support system like now? Yeah. Um, so... Again, I, I don't I don't feel safe or comfortable being in that district. I do feel targeted. Um, I feel targeted at the highest levels. Right. Yeah. This was a lynching. This was a lynching. Mm. Right? Like an attempted lynching. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's because I've called out the district on racist practices. I've called out the school on racist practices. I, I think that's what it is, right? I think it's retaliation. And again, there's a history of those things that show that. Yeah. Um, the, the what, union, what do you, what do the you union just came, well, the union even just came out and said that this year, the data shows that twin rivers has disproportionately, uh, placed, uh, they, they they're terming it, uh, educators of color on, uh, discipline in, in disproportionate levels. Hmm. So again, like knowing those things, I don't feel safe going back. Right. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Like, OK, yeah, y'all came at me, but this is actually a like this is a whole big plan. Y'all got worked out. 
And so I am trying to navigate that um, in the best way and like keep my mental together and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, what can we do to help you? What can what can the people do to help you? I mean, I just want to let you know you have a place here. If you want to come in and communicate with us and sit with us and we can talk about issues together, if that would be cathartic for you, you are welcome in this space anytime. Um, and I know Dr. V was on. If she wants to come and talk about what's going on with her, we welcome her into this space too. Because for some reason, there's this I, this ideology that exists in these districts that if we can just keep everybody quiet and isolated, it will go away. We ain't going away. Nope. We're here. And you we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. And unfortunately, most times, it's not until you embarrass them real good that they start to change some of the practices that they have. And so, again, you are welcome in this space. I think that y'all, you guys agree with me? He's welcome here. Um because we like to just talk about it and I like to hear their perspective because the ideology or the assumption is they don't know what's going on either. And right. as you can see, these are some of the brightest minds out here and they right. take no prisoners. They are about that life and I'm with it. Um, but right. we need to, we need more of this. We need more students um, who are cultivated in a space where right. they can just be authentically themselves and they can let you know their opinion without people cutting them off or disciplining them because they don't like what is being said. Yeah. And I think to then answer your question, right, is like our goal here, my goal here is um, to build that space out for us, right? Like we have this center here at the Shakur Center. Our goal, we have a team. Uh, y'all saw DJ give y'all a shout out earlier. He's part of our team. We're trying hey, to build out a school. We're trying to build out a school right now called Malcolm X Academy for African education. Um that will be tailored to our kids, right? The same way that like, you don't gotta be black to come here, right? Like the same way you don't gotta be Catholic, go to Catholic school, but guess what? You gonna get this word, like you gonna get this black radical, you know what I'm saying? Like you gonna get, you gonna get the real, you gonna get African principled practice of, of education, right? Through song and dance and storytelling and, and visuals and art and culture and all that. Um, and so, Farming, right? Growing your food, cooking your food. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's what we are. That's you know how we're here and how we're trying to build out. Um, you know, that's the dream and the long term vision is to open this school so that our kids do have that place. Um, and I would say like whatever way you could support the center and the school. Um, and again, definitely, I definitely need to come and come talk with y'all and rap with y'all. I loved it. I loved rocking with y'all. So I definitely. Sam, you got to come hoop on the court. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I'm not off the easy and nobody never, ever again. So don't worry, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, be you and do you. Like, don't don't let these people change up how yeah. you are and how you exist. Come on, Sam, what you say? You're going to come 3,000 miles. But um, anyway, Sam said you come play him in Georgia on his turf. He said hey. home game. <laughs> he said it's a home I have game. To come out there. <laughs> so, what I was gonna say about the about the school, I I I I I hope it's not a situation with Dr. Umar Johnson stealing people's money and not giving any promises for five plus years. When does when's the school coming, Dr. Umar? When is it? Talk your stuff, Sam. Talk your stuff. No, we here in the building, Sam. If you want to see here, I'm a, I'm gonna try to flip my. <laughs> Like my camera around, you know what I'm saying? So you can see we on the court. I don't know if you can see the court. We got the buildings. We already in the building, Sam. So we already they we in already the further building, along Sam. than that brother right there, just to be honest. <laughs> we already further along. Sam, I Sam got heat for days. He got all the clips, all the receipts. Oh my goodness. I just can't. Sam, you know, because we we still waiting, we still waiting for Dr. Umar to send us that second book mm. that we got that we had to roll up on the thing. To, to, I just want my black advocate book that I paid for that he won't refund me for. I'm gonna need that. Uh yep. He's all about the people, but he don't want to give to the people. It's crazy. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Talk it. Talk it, Sam. We ain't never scared. <laughs> 
Hey, and the thing is, what you only eleven? You wait, wait till Sam. Listen. Right, wait till Sam is gone. He out here calling folks to the carpet. That's all I'm saying. Like, and and we create space for them to be able to do that because we ain't never scared. Hey. Um, so listen. I, hey, I have a student I would love to bring on too because I think please. he would go perfect with this. Please, we need more boys. We got we got two other girls who are not here today. We absolutely need more boys uh, to come in here and and come with the smoke like Sam does. So uh, yeah, anytime, anytime. But we do thank you for your time today. We have run out of time for today. Uh, but you are, like I said, you are always welcome here. But before we go, Melissa told me that she has a big announcement that she wants to share with everybody. Yes, so, I do. So first, I, first, Jordan, I wanted to say it's people like you that make me want to go and be a teacher. Uh, being an English teacher is the career that I want to have just being able to connect with students like you do. So you are just one of my inspirations for being able to be a teacher and connect with students. And my announcement is, so Laureen, I've been holding off on telling you this um, because I wanted to tell everyone at the same time. So as we know, Amanda Gorman won Youth Poet Laureate. I applied for the competition and I'm a finalist. Okay, can we get some of your can we get some of your poetry in our paper? We have a newspaper. Yes, I would we love actually, that. We actually just had a special edition for Poetry Month with like um like some serious, serious poets, actually. Oh, you're gonna have to send me your address or something so I can send you a paper. Yes. It's got like yes. Congo, it's got yeah, like oh that would be so awesome. Thank you. So oh, yeah, that would be so dope. I get I get to perform June 11th with the other finalists in downtown Where? LA. Downtown Where? LA. I'm coming. Okay. Hey. I can't wait. And I just wanted to I'm tell you guys too. all that I'm at the same too. time. Yes, Jada, I can't wait to see you. So I just wanted to tell you guys all that at the same time. Yes. So y'all are so tight. What? Congratulations, my love. That is Thank amazing. You. That is amazing. And if you want to see her poetry, she has some of her pieces um up on Instagram. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And so she's been kind of dropping little morsels here and there. Um, so we are extremely proud of you, my love. And I can't wait to come see you in the competition because Thank that is dope, you. dope, dope, dope. Uh, Samuel, I will put you in my luggage. <laughs> Sorry, Lena wants me to put her in my luggage. Um, you could come, Lena. Let's do it. Uh, Samuel, I will be in Georgia on Thursday, so I will see you when I come out there. Um, and I will. Oh my God, I'm just like so. Ex I'm excited for you, Melissa. Thank Bye. you. Don't be surprising me like that. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> shout out to Mama Tawana's in the in the chat talking about that little baby. <laughs> that is so great. That is amazing. So, um, we will be on here all day if I if I stay. So we're gonna go ahead and hit y'all with the wave. We'll catch you here next week on four p.m. right here on Instagram. I'm sorry, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, next week, we will be talking to Kimberly So, who is running for city council in Sacramento. And also, we're going to see if we can reconnect with Mr. Baker, Chris Baker, who's also running for the same seat uh, on city council. So with that, we're going to hit you with the wave. Sam is already warming up. We're going to hit you with the wave. See you next week on PST right here on Black versus the Board of Education. Have a good one. Peace, y'all.